Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod, the daily podcast brought to you by the team behind Squawk Box. NYC, this is CNBC Control 2. CNBC's Essential Morning Show. PCR 2. Every day, get the best stories, debate, and analysis from the biggest names in business and politics. All right, we're coming to it next. Today on Squawk Pod. It's Black Friday. We have all the details on the big retailers and the small ones doing business this weekend. And all the tech gadgets you should have in your cart wherever you choose to shop. The retail story, plus a peek into Warren Buffett's plans for all of his cash. Some breaking news from Becky about where Buffett wants to put his money and why this particular effort didn't quite work out. I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. It's Friday, November 29th. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Becky by in three, two, one, cue please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Andrew Ross Sorkin. Joe is out today. It is indeed Black Friday, the biggest shopping day of the year, but that doesn't mean other business news stops. Before we get to all the retail details, our own Becky Quick broke some news this morning about Warren Buffett. Here she is with the scoop. Some breaking news this morning. CNBC has learned exclusive details about a deal in which Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway was outbid. Late Wednesday, Tech Data Corporation said that it had agreed to be bought by private equity firm Apollo Global for $145 a share. That values the company at about $5.14 billion, excluding debt. Now, that deal was sweetened from Apollo's previous bid of $130 a share after an unnamed suitor topped the original offer. That suitor was none other than Berkshire Hathaway. Buffett told me that one week ago he bid $140 a share, or just over $5 billion, excluding debt. Apollo's offer was accepted by Tech Data as the better offer, that uh, sweetened deal that they came back with for $145. And Buffett says he does not intend to make a higher offer. Tech Data is a global distributor of technology products and services. It supplies small companies with technology software and hardware that's made by bigger technology companies. Berkshire's cash hoard has been growing, topping $128 billion, according to the latest SEC filing. A lot of people wondering what he was going to be doing with that money. This move is an interesting pivot for Buffett. He rarely goes up against private equity companies, and he does not like getting into bidding wars. But it does show how he's going further afield in terms of trying to look for places to deploy his large stash of cash. They moved very quickly on this deal. Uh, they found out about it on Tuesday when Bank of America brought it to their attention because of a go shop provision. By Wednesday, Buffett said that he had actually looked at it and thought it was maybe worth $140. By Saturday, they'd made a formal offer for that and just taking uh, the original contract that Apollo had written up and changing just a few deal- details to make it a little sweeter for the tech data side of things. Um, anyway, it just shows he's moving very quickly, trying to look for places to deploy capital and also speaks a little bit uh, to to prices in this market and valuations at this point. Let's get reaction to the news right now from Peter Bookvar. He is chief investment officer at Bleakley Advisory Group. He's also a CNBC contributor. And uh, Peter, what really strikes me with this is back in May, Buffett had told us that he thought 
market prices for stocks were fair, uh, that still beat anything you saw in terms of looking at the treasuries or anything else. But when it came to actual companies, to buying full companies outright, he thought those prices had gotten bid up because there's just so much cash that's out there floating around. Right. So Buffett is obviously more price sensitive than a private equity firm that wants to deploy the capital because then they start making fees on it. But it's also interesting is that for Warren Buffett, tech data was a way of playing technology by being technology agnostic. Hmm. They have over 100,000 different customers, over 100,000 different products, where IBM, he sort of chose who was going to win in technology. Apple, he considered a more consumer products company. Tech data, it doesn't matter who wins and loses in terms of software and hardware. It's as long as companies are using technology tech data benefits. You know, tech data, just a little more information about it, because I didn't know that much about it until I started digging into it. Um, they, they are middlemen, essentially. It's yep. a good tech bellwether to see who's doing what, when, and where. Right now, I think their biggest product that they sell, Apple, makes up 16% of the products that they sell. 11% comes from Hewlett-Packard Enterprises. Another 11% comes from Cisco. Here are some of the big partners right. that they team up with on this. But it is a good way of kind of seeing what's happening in the industry and seeing what changes. I, I looked up an article that said five years ago, I think, or maybe four years ago, back in 2015, analysts were concerned that Apple was becoming a bigger player. It was making up to something like 30% of the sales at that point, and people thought it was going to be too hot. But it kind of shows you uh, the fortunes of some of these companies, these other big tech players that are out there. Right. I think TechDad has over a thousand different vendors that they're selling product for. Right. So whoever's up and down, it won't matter. So how much, though, do you want to own the company to see what's going on? You mean from Buffett's perspective? Yeah. Find out or, if Apple I mean, or somebody by the way, you could make, maybe make the argument he owns so many other companies that have to use so many other services already that he should be able to have decent mm-hmm. visibility into the world of technology to begin with. But this gives you the direct sort of line. Yeah, and if you're going to sort of play that way without having to pick and choose who's got the better product, which is what, what Buffett acknowledges that's not what he's good at, this is just an easier way of capturing growth in the technology space without having to figure out who's going to be a good product oh, and what's no, no. not. I'm suggesting you, we were talking about yeah, the idea, you, you own it in part so you understand. Right. You actually see what's going on in terms of who's winning and who's losing. And then basically, I mean, this is one of the things people don't talk about. That's sort of insight into. Yeah. Yes, insight into it. Some people would say actually too, too good of an insight. But this is something that's happening, by the way, now in the private equity space a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, there, no, no question. And I'm sure with Todd Combs, Helping right. out in, in tr- sort of broadening Buffett's horizon in terms of the type of things he invests in. This will be a huge help if they were to buy it and bring it in-house. Yeah, you know, Todd Combs is actually the one who got the call from Bank of America. Uh, Buffett took a look at it after that and then brought Greg Abel into it to actually go down and do the negotiations with the company. Um, private equity. There's right. a company called CVC Capital, a private equity company right. that bought one of the competitors to Tech Data back in January for $1.8 billion. That company was Converge One Holdings. So it is an interesting area for private equity to kind of get involved. Right. Well, no, the big, so the, the secondary issue that we no, were I raising... No, I like that. Yeah, I like it. Well, but... It's a little complicated. Nobody really raises it, but we should raise it. So you have some private equity companies that are now buying, buying businesses that have great access to sales Broad data. Broad market data, mm-hmm. stuff that right. people want that. Okay. Too. Okay. But right. now a lot of private equity companies that used to just buy other private companies also have a public trading arm, mm-hmm. right? So, and there's not a Chinese wall, so they're able to say, look, this is really selling. We see this. Mm-hmm. And then they're able to buy the stock of the other companies, and then you have to decide whether you think that this is good, bad, fair, indifferent. 
I don't know. It's one of the reasons that I like having private equity guests on. The first thing right. they can tell us if they've got 60 or 70 or 80 different companies, oh. give me a broad swath of what you see in the economy. And they've probably got a pretty good sure. idea. Sure. No, no, no. I'm raising a different, quite, different issue, which is privately really, telling other people. We to always buy talk about in, what, what, what really constitutes inside information, mm-hmm. whether we think there's a fair playing field in the marketplace, whether we think that my mother or father actually has the same access to information as uh, an investor, do you have the access to, to, to research analysts? But in this case, mm-hmm. do you have access to actual sales data? If right. actual access to sales data, is that different? Right. Should you be limited <laughs> in terms of your ability to actually buy into public stocks that are on the other end of these things? And that is a whole world that has not been explored now that private equity is attached themselves effectively to, some people call it the casino, but the stock market. So uh, Buffett owns a lot of Apple stock, and right. Apple is tech data's biggest customer. Is basically what you're saying. In terms of, I, I, well, in terms I wasn't connecting it to Buffett, uh, yeah. uh, but but I'm, I'm just in terms suggesting of insight. the insight issue, and you have to decide whether what that it, how great that insight is or not. By the way, you could argue it's just one slice in terms of the insight, meaning you're not getting you know one retailer's insight is different than somebody else's insight, and that's one of the arguments why you probably could. And tech data, I wouldn't be surprised if this would have been a platform for something bigger. Tech data, huge revenues, but tight margins. Right. Very low margin business. You need scale, you need size in that right. business to, to succeed. All right, okay. Peter, I want to thank you for being here. It's good Thanks. to see you. Cheese will be next. Ready, set, shop. All the retail details you need on America's biggest shopping day of the year. Squawk Pod will be right back. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Blockpad, we're back. Now for the other big story of this Black Friday, retail. Here's Andrew kicking off what we in news call a reporter whip. That's a roundup of stories from reporters in various locations. In this case, retail locations. Here we go. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, Americans ate their turkey yesterday, then shopped online in record numbers. According to early data from Adobe, online retail sales on Thanksgiving Day will now reach a record of $4.4 billion. That's an increase of about 19 percent from last year's online sales of $3.7 billion. Adobe expecting Black Friday sales to reach $7.5 billion this year. That would be a gain of more than 20 percent from last year. We've got full coverage of Black Friday's uh, holiday uh, shopping today. But let's start with Courtney Reagan. She is covering the mall traffic in Woodbridge, New Jersey. Courtney. Hi, good morning, Andrew. So, of course, the cadence has changed a little bit, right, of Black Friday with a lot of these things happening earlier on Thanksgiving Day with the sales. Some retailers doing early Black Friday sales, even still. Today is expected to be the busiest day of the year for retail. So when you're looking at the five-day stretch between Thanksgiving and Monday, 165 million Americans are expected to shop in-store, online, or a combination. 115 million today, 
40 million were estimated to have hit the stores yesterday and the Internet, according to the National Retail Federation. Now, many retailers, of course, offering some early Black Friday deals. Walmart starting those in October this year. Amazon started its Black Friday deals last week. This weekend, though, still very critical for the sector. So according to 1010 data, last year, Black Friday generated 6 to 7 percent of total quarterly sales for lots of retailers, including American Eagle and Best Buy. That compares to a normal day of about 1%. So Black Friday is the equivalent of an entire week of sales. Now, the average household is expected to spend about 415 bucks this weekend, according to Deloitte. You mentioned some of those numbers from Adobe, $4.4 billion expected to have been spent online yesterday, $7.5 billion today. Again, this five-day stretch will make up 20% of the total holiday season's online sales. So what are shoppers looking for so far? Well, according to Adobe, some of the top sellers for toys, Frozen 2, LOL Surprise, and Paw Patrol. In gaming, you've got Madden NFL 2K20, Nintendo Switch, and electronics, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, and also air fryers. I guess that's this year's Instapot. But speaking of Amazon, my colleague Deirdre Bosa is in San Francisco. She's got more on that retailer's holiday strategy. Out to you, Dee. We were just commenting on those air fryers. Uh, Anyways, Amazon holiday strategy has always been cheapest and fastest. But as Walmart, Target, and others up their e-commerce games, Amazon may actually be losing its edge. So I looked at two items on Becky and Andrew's list. Andrew, you're in the market for a color printer with wireless capability. We looked at the Canon Pixma Model G4210. It is pretty much the same price across the major e-commerce shops, but Amazon with a slight 99 cent advantage. So we went to delivery times. Amazon comes first with one day shipping. Andrew, you would get that printer on Monday if you ordered today, but not necessarily the clear winner because remember, you have to have that prime membership that costs $119 a year. So if you're okay to wait a day, Walmart will actually get that to you on Tuesday. No membership required. Best Buy on Wednesday. Now, Becky, your item was far more straightforward, a countercade Pac-Man gaming unit. The best deal by far at the sites we checked had to be at Kohl's for $149.99 on Amazon. It was actually only available from third-party sellers only, at starting at double the price. So, guys, this isn't exactly a comprehensive look, but it does suggest that the e-commerce holiday battle continues to heat up, especially with that one-day shipping. Also, one of the reasons why we continue to see growth at Amazon's core retail business slow. Hold guys, on. back to you. Selfishly, so hold on. Selfishly, I can only get 99 cents off, basically, this, this <laughs> printer. That's all that's available. It's so sad. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty competitive product. So there was just that 99 cent discount. And if you have the Prime membership, just go to Amazon. But if you don't, go I to do, Walmart. I do. Okay, I'm just going to ask our audience because we have a lot of clever people out there because I need to get a printer for the family. So if you think there's a better printer at a lower price, (laughs) send me a tweet. No, I want to know about it. I want to know. You want a deal. I want a deal. So we need a printer for the family. The kids need a printer that does glossy pictures, but also can be done for homework and things like that. Color. Let me know. I want to know. Desperately. Can I just say that you are saving me with this? Because I I often think of Amazon as my first and only shopping stop that I'm going to do if I'm shipping something from online because I am a prime membership. But what you're talking about is going to save me a whole lot of money if I look around for something like that. That's not often the case. That's a big deal. They just don't have this. 
Well, I have a question for you, Becky. Yeah. What, where did the countercade idea come from? Because to me, it didn't seem like a super popular option. And maybe that's why I'll Amazon you, doesn't have it. But it, it was, was really I, interesting no, that it was, it was so from, much cheaper. Cool. It was for a story that I did for On the Money. We had a woman who came in who's a great toy expert who looks at all of these things. It was one of the four toys that she said would probably be a hot seller this, this holiday season. Oh. So I took it off from that. I'm like, yeah, I, I do want this. But maybe it's an example it's a great gift. of where a Walmart or a Target or a Kohl's or one of these other guys actually gets a better exclusive deal. And when you lock up exclusive deals, you're not going to find it on Amazon. Yeah, that's right. And again, only third-party sellers. So when yeah. you get to shipping and everything, that's also a lot slower. So you're paying more, you're waiting longer. It was surprising to me as well to see that Kohl's and other retailers had a much better deal. Can I ask one more question? Of course. What the heck is an air fryer? We've been talking about that the entire time since. <laughs> it, uh, what is this? Well, Courtney's probably in a better position to tell you, but from my understanding, because I don't use it yet, but I have heard lots of buzz around it. You basically, it's like deep frying food, but healthier. So you put it in some kind of machine and it air fries, but it tastes like deep fries. That's, that's my understanding. So it's like air burning, which uh, I guess I'm okay with that. Better, better quality for it. Anyway, Deidre, thank you for doing all this work in advance for us. We really appreciate it. Our thanks to Courtney, too. <laughs> my pleasure. Kate Rogers joins us from a Target store in Jersey City. What's happening there, Kate? Hey, Andrew, the store and the retailers really heading into this holiday season with an advantage, having just reported stronger than expected quarterly earnings, especially compared to some of its retail competitors like JCPenney and Kohl's. As we mentioned, 2018 marked its strongest holiday season in more than a decade. A lot of focus has been on digital. Those digital sales increased 31 percent in the most recent earnings report. But Target's also focusing on the in-store experience. It's made investments to spruce up its stores. It's also introduced some smaller format stores in certain locations and launched some new in-house brands for both clothing and grocery. The company's working with Disney to open up mini Disney shops in some locations and has teamed up with True Kids, that's the parent company of Toys R Us, to help relaunch that brand's e-commerce operation. Another big area of focus, of course, is delivery. Target has teamed up with Shipt for same-day shipment options. It also has same-day pickup in stores. The company has doubled the number of its team members dedicated to fulfillment so you can get get those orders even faster. Like many retailers, it started its Black Friday deals early online for its red card holders uh, for discounts on things like Beats headphones, Roku smart TVs, iPads, and more. We all know the holiday season is a bit shorter this year by six days, so it's really important to get customers those options. Back over to you. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it very, very much. And we've got a dynamic duo this morning to cover the retail uh, world. Dana Telsey is here, CEO and Chief Research Officer at the Telsey Advisor Group, already out in stores, right? Exactly. Checking Where else would I be? Out. And Jan Niffen's also here, CEO of J. Rogers Niffen, and of course, a CBC contributor. We're going to get to out them the stores too. in just a minute. I'm going to give him a little bit of store credit, too. <laughs> but, do you, but you guys did not see each other at the same store. This was different stores. Different stores. Who knows? That's true. <laughs> um, so what was the gut? What's your gut reaction here? I mean, Black Friday isn't what it used to be. It's still a really big day, but when you have promotions that are beginning on Halloween or right around there, consumers have a lot of choice of what to buy and when to buy. So the deals are special. It's a huge weekend, but it's not what it used to be when everyone was rushing out at 4 and 5 in the morning. Stores closed by 2 o'clock. So is this a good thing? Is this a healthy thing? Is this better? I think basically it gives you certainly a little bit more time. Consumers always have a fixed budget, and they decide when they're going to spend. It's in the control of the consumer so of what they want. It's better for the consumer, want. but I'm asking, is it better for the retailer? 
retailers have more to make up in a shorter period of time. Always have. And it is more promotional than it ever felt before. So, Jan, what did you see? Well, I mean, think about travels. Walmart started on the 29th of October for Christmas sales. Really? So, yeah, really. And Mm -hmm. Target started shortly thereafter. So if that's true. So now it's just a race to a race to July 4th. What are we talking about here? It's a race to January 1st. Yes. I mean, yes, it is. And we'll see plenty of sales after Christmas, of course, because this is the best it's ever been after Christmas, too, for the last few years. But, yeah, so the whole thing has changed. I mean, this is my. 55th year of either being in a store working or out looking at a store on Black Friday. I've never missed one, and it's changed dramatically. But when we started, not when she started, she's younger, but when we started, the stores really did open at 10 o'clock and close at 10 o'clock like they did every other day. And then they went to 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock, and then they went to 8 o'clock to midnight. And so judging the store got more and more difficult. Mm -hmm. The Internet's done the same thing. We're out in stores. But we don't really know what's going on because online. 20% of the sales, 25% of a lot of these stores are coming online. So it's really hard to tell by looking at the store what sales are doing. But if sales were really up 19% yesterday online, which is what we believe, we're going to be fine for the Christmas selling now, season. Dana just said something very interesting, though. She said it's more promotional than ever. And that's good news in terms of getting the traffic in the stores, but it could mean that there are deep discounts that are coming with that. Are these profitable sales? Yes, they are. They're planned promotions. Well... For most the of these guys, yeah. the margin, the margin obviously gets right. Well, and I assume there's going to be a lot of money losers that are trying to. It's, it's the razors and blades situation, yeah. right? There's going to be certain products that are going to get you in the store, but I don't know if that works the same way online. Yeah. It does we, not. Right. We started out 2019. It was all about margin flow through, and look where we're ending 2019. What's the margin flow through? And I think when you think about the holiday season of 19, it's about the letter B. It's a binary holiday season. And it's value and convenience between the haves and the have-nots. It's basically about big box, Walmart and Target, and it's about brands. So if you've got binary, you've got brands, and you've got big box. Okay, give me something unexpected, though. Tell me about the retailer that you think is actually going to win that everybody thinks is going to lose. Is there anybody out there that's not Walmart or Target or Amazon that yes. you think is going to be a real Here's you know, two retailers that are going to win that other people don't think are going to win because people think the high end slowing down the top 10% of the economy is not spending. And Caring, which is Gucci to most people, and Prada, which is a turnaround, are both going to do well despite the fact that people are trying to tell me the high end consumer is not strong. Not going to affect their sales. Going to be strong. LVMH is going to do fine too, but they're already trading it mm-hmm. a number that people find hard to buy. But they're going to do well, too. But Caring doesn't trade at those kind of numbers. And okay, so here's the question. Why would those brands difficult. work? And yet, obviously, we, we hear about, uh, you know, Nordstrom's and Neiman's and everybody else in that high-end space who's just been clobbered. Well, that's not brands. That's I know they're the not brands. Selling no, the no brands. I know. That's the store the selling brands the brands. But are doing fine all across the spectrum. But you think the brands are selling through, but they're selling through what channel that's working for them? They're selling through their own stores. They're selling online. They're selling in places like Nordstrom's and Neiman's. But they're changing their mix enough that they're, they're harvesting the brand. The strong brands are winning. Third-party sellers of strong brands right. are losing. When you think about because brands. the brands are going more direct to consumer, yeah. too. Right. Yeah. And like Nike. Pop-ups. Yeah. Okay, I have a terrible question for you. Mm-hmm. Because So we were watching the Macy's Day Parade yesterday. So and were we. You were, we all were. And it's, a wonder, it's one of the great things in, in the world. And I love Macy's. How is Macy's going to do? And I'll tell you what came up at our dinner last night. Somebody said, I'm not going to say who, said, what happens if Macy's goes away one day? What happens to the parade? That was literally the conversation. And so, the 4th of July. 
and the 4th of July. And part of the reason why, look at what the, those parades and those fireworks are doing. Memories create experiences. Yes. And when you think about what all of retail wants to be right now, it's the experience. You mentioned pop-up before. Who would have ever thought that LVMH would be doing pop-ups? Now, they're doing 100 pop-ups this year. You'll find a new way to create memories. When you think but, about companies... tell me Macy's is going to be here in 20 years. It, it may be here in a different form. It may not be here in the same number of stores that they have today, and it may not sell all the different categories that they sell today. We're going to have a different retail environment in 20 years. Look at Rent the Runway. Look at consignment. Look at subscription. We're going to have new names to talk about, and we need that with the evolution. However, Nordstrom's, Macy's, and Kohl's are going to still be here. All the rest of those people that fall into those categories may not be here, but those three are going to be with us. They're not highly levered. They're restructuring their business. The returns may not be what they've been. Dana may not be telling people to buy them because of that. However, they're not going away. What are the four again? You said. I said Nordstrom's, Macy's, and Kohl's okay. will still be with us. So Macy's is still with us? They will still be with okay, us. Okay, because we they're were talking about whether away. it would become the Chase Parade it will or not. the Verizon no. Parade. It, it will, will be the Macy's Good. Parade. Yeah. Macy's is paying a 10% dividend. Macy's is buying... Is Buying back their great debt, real estate. they're reducing their debt load. They're doing all the things you have to do to stay with us. The question is, what's the return on investment going to be? But they're going to be here. Good. And so are Nordstrom and Kohl's. Yep. Okay, you just, it, you just made a lot of people happy. Cheese will be next. Coming up. You know I love this stuff. I'm like a total geek Me too, gadget. it's what I live for. Our team has a list of tech gadgets that should definitely make it to your own wish list this holiday. Squawk Pod will be right back. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? The real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome back to Squawk Pod. Here's Becky kicking off another holiday shopping conversation. Dana Telsey and Jan Niffen, you met them a few minutes ago, are still on set. So what tech products should be on your wish list this Black Friday? Joining us right now to bring us the best of the tech is Todd Hazelton. He's technology product editor for CNBC Digital. And Andrew, this is you. I'm sorry. It's okay. No. But tell me. No. You know I love this stuff. I'm like a total geek gadget. Me too. Gadget. It's what I live for. You got the headphones here. Yes. AirPods I don't want to take Pro. you out of order. But so, all right, tell us what quick, you're planning on doing. Real quick, I've reviewed dozens of stuff yes. ahead of the holidays. These are my favorites that I've played with. AirPods Pro already. I mean, I told you guys when, when they launched... They sound great. They have noise canceling. They are $250, though, and last week we learned... And easier to drop. And we admit that they're a lot easier to drop than the old ones. So buy Apple Care. It's like $29 for AirPods. It's worth it because if you need to replace them, 
you can do that. What if you replace just lose them or lose one? Do they replace Even them if you lose them? them, yeah. Really? Yeah. For yeah. 29 bucks? It's yeah, it's like 29 bucks. For how long? From, like uh, I think it's a year. But I'm just losing more than once. Well, Apple Care Plus, I should say. Uh, I don't know sure what happens. About that? Yeah. So when's the yeah. delivery on those? So, yeah, that's a good question. Yes, last, I know last week we learned Apple has pushed it back to December 30th earliest. It might be a little back after that. But... Amazon has them on sale. They go back to Amazon for $15 off, and you can get them before Christmas. So that's actually the better place to get it. Now, there was a report last week that Apple sees such high demand that they may be increasing production, asking production partners to increase production from $1 million to $2 million a week. I think I'm going to have to get these. Now, you can still okay. buy the regular AirPods and get those before Christmas, but these are the ones you want. How do they, can we, real quick, how do these do on an airplane? Great. So I used, I used to use the big Bose QC35s, which yep. like everybody on an airplane has. These do not as well, but pretty close. And the, the fact that this is a lot smaller, put in the okay. pocket, you don't Use have to carry you can the use for ones. road warriors. You need to get a dongle, though. Tell if them. you want to connect to the in-flight stuff. I just if you want yes. the in-flight. The in-flight yeah. matters. Do you know about the dongle? You put the yeah. stick the little thing in? Yeah. And you, yeah. yeah. Okay. But I just use my airphone. You have to get my that iPhone or makes that? AirPod. You could buy it from Apple, but Belkin, all these other companies make okay. them too. So what else you got? You Amazon. have this big speaker. Next up, speaking of Amazon. It looks kind of like the Apple It does. Speaker. It looks a lot like it, uh, it's not a HomePod, frame. but it's not. This is Amazon's Echo Studio. It's the best Echo I've ever heard. It sounds really good. Better than a HomePod, I think. And it has this crazy uh, 3D audio effect, and that's using Dolby Atmos. But here's, here's the kicker. This is Amazon, very good at getting you to subscribe to things. You have to subscribe to Amazon HD Music, Music HD, to actually get those better-sounding uh, music tracks. But what do you, you mean? Don't, so you don't if you're using to. Spotify, it doesn't sound as good? It doesn't do that 3D audio effect, which is really cool. And there's only so like 100 or a couple hundred songs right now, but they're okay. coming. Otherwise, it still sounds How great. How does this compare better to my, like a, a Sonos One? So I think it sounds better than a Sonos One. I also have that. Okay. Um, it, it just... It's, it's awesome. It's worth, it's worth considering. And it does everything else that an Echo can do. So you can ask the weather or all that kind of stuff, which I know some of the Sonos products have. But right. this fits in better if you have other Echoes. So you can play music in all your rooms and stuff like that. Yeah, um, Sonos is it, how big is, is that this library going to be? What's that? How big is that library going to be? Uh, the, a couple hundred is not much. Right. So it's expanding to thousands of tracks. But now there are millions of songs that you can listen to. Obviously, you can use Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Pandora, Amazon Music. But if you wanted that extra 3D audio, you have to pay a little bit more with Amazon Music HD. Okay. Um, so then what do you got it's here? Neat. Now, this is the Google Nest Home Hub Max. Uh -huh. And it looks just like a digital photo frame, but it's a lot more than that. It's got a camera up front. You do video chat, but also doubles as a security camera when you leave your house. Okay. And I like that. It can, it can recognize me. So right now it's going to say, good morning, Todd. And then <laughs> oh, that's creepy. I'd have to pull it back. <laughs> right. And then it would tell me how long my traffic commute is in the morning. So when I go into the kitchen, I walk past this. It says 45 minutes to work, an hour to work, depending on traffic. Um, and then it brings up my pictures, and specifically pictures from previous years at this time. So it was in my kitchen showing Thanksgiving photos from last year, six years ago, which was really fun. Uh, and also it's a speaker, so it also doubles sort of like an echo. What's that? Have we reached the point of good morning, Dave. Is there a point where yeah, well, it, it has this thing that says good morning, Todd, and yeah, it I creeps know, my like, wife out. She won't register her face. This is now, very Google 2001. Says, yeah. <laughs> Google says they store it locally, so your face isn't everywhere. But uh, yeah, right. my wife, yeah, right. My wife is like, but it's no, listening no to everything way. and it's videoing everything. Just so it's we're not clear, just so you can turn it off. There's a, there's a there's a switch on the back that disconnects the camera and the microphone. Okay, so you can turn it off if you believe that. It, it, but then you don't get those things like when you walk by because it can't recognize you. So 
I like you, it. You keep it in I the kitchen, understand not in the bedroom, are, right? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a kitchen gadget. You can also do like recipes, bring up recipes, bring up news stories I like in the morning when it recognizes me, videos I might right. want to watch, those kinds of things. And then, so we talked about the AirPods Pro, and then I just had a stocking stuffer that's fun, a wireless charger. Yep. Uh, they work with the new AirPods, so you just drop them on, they start charging, and of course it works with most new iPhones, most new Samsung phones, Google Pixel right. That is the most convenient. Is, it's great. They're like 15 yeah, bucks on Amazon. You don't really have to buy a brand name. You can. This is Belkin. It's okay. what Apple sells. Um, but it doesn't charge as fast. It Let's doesn't charge as fast. That is true. That's a big problem. That is true. How much but does that thing cost? The thing that you put this in This is two twenty nine, but on sale Black Friday for two hundred bucks. Two hundred bucks. Um, and, and this that's... is two hundred dollars, but and it's not on sale because I think they know it's popular. But you can still get it before Christmas, and uh, so yeah, everything here except for the AirPods. I kind of like that for the kitchen or the bedroom. Else. You know, it's actually a lot of fun. I know More fun. people. Wait, yeah. you want that for the bedroom? Watching you? <laughs> you I bet you there are some, 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 anyway, I'm not going to say it. I think the AirPods seem the most popular. AirPods <laughs> by far seem the most popular. Yeah. Everybody seems to be wanting these. Everybody I've talked to that didn't buy them already says they're on the top of their wish list for Christmas. And, and where can you get it before Christmas? Amazon. So Amazon, Amazon. but also Target, it's, it's Walmart. I checked, had them in stock. Um, Best Buy has them in stock still. So you can buy them from retailers, but Apple seems to have. Uh, I definitely run out don't of stock. want one of those. <laughs> Which, this thing or the AirPods? The AirPods oh, are great. That thing. The this, AirPods are great. Yeah. This, this in your bedroom? Yeah, I don't I mean, want my this house, is like, period. It's a very divisive kind of thing. Do you thing. remember that? What was that, uh, that service? That device. roulette. That, divisive that device. Roulette, yeah. uh, there was like that Russian roulette service, and people would go. It's like yeah. you'd see on those cameras. <laughs> yeah, really yeah it was not. <laughs> chat roulette, I think it was. Chat <laughs> roulette. It was not. Uh, it was not family friendly. It was not family friendly. Todd, thank you. Thank Happy you. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Andrew. Thank you. Our last story before the weekend, a timely one. Tomorrow is Small Business Saturday, a day created by American Express in 2010. Last year, sales at independent retailers and restaurants hit a record $17.8 billion on this day alone, which means Americans supported 30 million small businesses across the country. This year, well, we'll see. As we mentioned earlier, Joe's off today, but we planned ahead. Earlier this week, Joe had a conversation with the acting administrator for the Small Business Association. Here's that interview. Our next guest is focused on supporting independently owned businesses across the U.S. Let's welcome Chris Pilkerton, the Small Business Association's acting administrator. Uh, The 10th annual Small Business Saturday is coming up on November 30th uh, this week. Chris, thanks for joining us. How's, uh, how's, How's the state of small business in the United States right now. It, it, must, it must be a positive story for you to tell. Oh, it's a very positive story, and thanks for having me. Small Business Saturday is really a celebration of what small businesses do all year long. As you mentioned, it started 10 years ago um, in 2010, and since that time, consumers have spent $100 billion on Small Business Saturday. And just last year, in 2018, over 100 million Americans participated. The best part about it is that 67 cents of every dollar that folks spend locally goes to stay in that community and support initiatives like education and public safety. And small businesses are at the forefront of it. What in recent years has either, uh, and I'm not just talking about this Saturday, but, but small business in general, uh, did interest rates help, lower interest rates, do, do more access to capital a looser credit standards? What is it that, that can, it's such an important engine for the overall economy? Sure, sure. What's so, been helping and what, what still needs work? Sure. So 
One of the things that's very key, and it's been demonstrated through recent surveys, is that small business optimism has never been higher. And that's a byproduct, I think, of the great economy, of the historically low unemployment rates, uh, as well as the job opportunities. We see millions of jobs across the country. And with those jobs that are available, we need workforce training associated with it. And so the SBA has been working closely with the administration, our partners, the Department of Labor and Department of Education, to try to find those workers and skill and reskill those workers. In fact, the SBA recently did a makerspace competition where we awarded job training dollars to different makerspaces that were training folks in various areas across the country, and more importantly, to the specific jobs that were available in those areas. So we need more training. Does that mean that, that there is a shortage of, of workers for, for small business ventures at, at this point, or, or, or the, the right workers with the right skills? So one of the great things that I get to do in this job is travel around the country. And whether it's meeting with a fifth-generation Ohio firetruck manufacturer or going to Albuquerque, New Mexico, and meeting a veteran-owned small business that makes custom plastic toys for lions and tigers and bears across zoos all across the world, there is a, a sense that folks want to continue to find those people that have those skills. And so what we're doing at the SBA, as I mentioned, is working really closely with labor to figure out ways where we can get that training to folks. And I think most importantly, you know, USMCA is one of these opportunities that small businesses are looking forward to. And they're excited that this president is pushing forward, just not on the economy, but on opportunities for exports as well. In, the, US, in the USMCA, there's actually, for the first time in history, a small business chapter dedicated to small businesses, IP protections, and cutting red tape. So small businesses are here domestically, but they're exporting also. Okay, this Saturday, small business day. So go go into your community and buy some stuff from a small business. That's go to sba.gov and shop small. Thanks so much, Joe. I appreciate okay, it. Okay, Chris, thank you. We appreciate it. Good luck. That's the show for today. Happy shopping or watching whatever's on your schedule this weekend. Enjoy. In the spirit of the holiday, we'd like to thank you, our listeners, for downloading, rating, and subscribing to Squawk Pod. Whichever way you listen, we're grateful that you do. Squawk Pod is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern to get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears. Subscribe to Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We're back on Monday. Have a great weekend. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 